I'm Chad Main, the founder of Legal Services Company Recipient, and this is Technically Legal, a podcast about legal technology and innovation in the legal industry. Today's show, we're talking to Serena Wellen. She's with LexisNexis and works on their Context Legal Analytics platform. Context is a LexisNexis application that uses machine learning and natural language processing to analyze court opinions, the judges that write them. It analyzes information about expert witnesses, companies, and as of a couple months ago, it added an attorney analytics module. It takes a look at attorneys' track records and analyzes the pleadings and briefs they file. Under the hood of Context is a cool piece of software that LexisNexis acquired in 2017 called Ravel. Launched at Stanford University's Law School and Computer Science Department, it was developed to analyze legal data and, as they put it, offer data-driven tools to help lawyers be better, faster, and more persuasive. Specifically, Ravel was used to analyze case law. When Lexus acquired Ravel, it took that technology and applied it beyond just case law and put it on top of some of its other databases, including what it calls entity authorities, which gather information about judges, attorneys, and companies. Before she joined Lexus, Serena was an attorney, specifically a litigator, but she also has a fine arts degree, which lets her approach legal work from a different angle. I believe I think about problems a little bit differently than if I just come at them with a legal lens or an engineering lens. What this really means, I think, is that if you're trying to creatively solve a problem or do so from a a creative background or space, the keys are really applying your discipline and your process. You don't know where you're going because, of course, as an artist, you have a lot of white space, right? You're creating. But the keys there are leaning into your process and really relying upon feedback, learning, and iteration. That's really kind of the key um, in terms of your process as an artist. And really the same applies for me as a product manager at Lexus. This white space artist background is interesting to me, especially in the case of context or in the context of context, because... You're trying to figure out how best to present an argument, how the judge might rule, what you know, what the opposing counsel's argued before, and you, you're starting from a clean slate. So that's a way to kind of grab some paints and start putting your argument and, and legal work together. But correct me if I'm wrong. Context has basically five what do you call modules or nodes. It can take a look at information about judges, courts, attorneys, experts, and, and companies too. Is that right? That's right. Let's talk about each and. What what is available, what an attorney or, you know, a legal team can glean from using the tool. So let's talk about judges. What is there about judges and how is it used in that context, for, for lack of a better word? The thing that context does overall, I think that's really unique, is its focus on what we call language analytics. So this is a, um, a combination of technologies, natural language processing, entity recognition. So uh, being able to recognize names in text, basically. So if I see um, your name, Chad Main, in a piece of text, my entity recognizer would be able to not just recognize that, oh, hey, this is Chad. He's the one and only Chad Main. Also, he's an attorney and some other things. So that's what entity recognition is, as well as machine learning technology. So all of these, these three technologies together, we call that language analytics technology. And that's really what makes context special because it allows you to really find and extract key insights from big piles of data, big piles of language. So as an example for judges, what it allows you to do is 
let's say you're arguing a motion, you're drafting a motion um, before a specific judge. What if you could know the exact argument that would be most convincing to that judge? What if you could predict that key language? Of course, every attorney would want that language and they would want to be able to use that. Well, that's what context extracts and presents to you as a user using that language analytics technology. It looks at all of the cases for a judge and it extracts all the citations that that judge makes in his or her opinions. It finds the citation language and it connects them to motion outcomes. And so you can imagine that doing this on your own uh, manually would be crazy, <laughs> right? You know, you would never, you would never do that. You know, judges have hundreds, thousands of opinions, and then within those opinions, there are thousands and thousands of citations, and you know, there's a hundred different motion types. So, being able to hone in on that precise language and that the language that that judge cited for that proposition. You always want to be able to cite a judge back to herself. Judges, you know, um, obviously have, when they write an opinion, it's well researched, it's well considered. You know, they're presenting what they believe um, and understand to be the best take on the law. So you don't want to cite your own take, you don't want to cite somebody else's take, you want to cite that judge's take on that opinion. Right. And the app will aggregate like the cases that the judge cites most often, and also how they rule on the motions themselves of specific motion types, right? That's correct. So you can find out um, how the judge ruled on a particular motion type for a particular type of case or topic. You can also, you know, Lexis is a, is a big data company. So we have a tremendous amount of information available to our customers. So all the cases, dockets, statutes and legislation, news and legal news, briefs, pleadings, emotions, expert witness materials, jury verdicts, all of this, you know, context sits on top of all of this. And using that entity extraction technology that I talked about, we're able to, to pull out all of the documents that refer just to that judge, that either that judge authored or where that particular judge is mentioned. We pull that all together and you can produce a report that includes all of those reference materials and results. And then what's the difference between the judge's module versus the court's module? I, I saw there's a little bit of overlap, but what's the difference between the two? The court's module is really trying to help you know the right court in which to litigate by looking at local precedent. So if you think about aggregating all the judges, what all the judges are ruling and finding and what they're citing, you basically arrive at the courts module. So I can, in the courts module, see in the aggregate, okay, all the judges who serve on this particular court, how are they tending to rule on particular motion types um, for particular matters? If I'm considering a cause of action in a particular district, is this a good venue for me, given how this panel of judges is tending to rule on that particular subject matter or that type of suit. So that's what the court court's module does that's different from uh, from the judge's module. And I think I noticed too, similar to the judges in the court's module, it will aggregate cases that are cited. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, all of context has this precise search and aggregation function where for each of the five entities, you're able to produce 
a really comprehensive report that combines the analytics, the visualizations, as well as all of the search results. It gets packaged up into a, a report profile, if you will, that you could deliver on that individual or that organization. Oh, interesting, interesting. So you obviously can do your research and see what's on the screen, click through, view the cases, but it also run a report for you and export some data. Absolutely. So you can deliver the report, you can email it, you can hyperlink to it. And we find that this is a really useful thing for our customers. A lot of paralegals and other legal staff use context for this function to be able to quickly do research that they've been asked to do about a judge or about an expert company and be able to, to serve that up um, to their team of attorneys for the attorneys to, to work through over a period of time. You know, I see a value too, either in-house when you're trying to figure out what jurisdiction to file in. Do we file in Delaware or do we file in, you know, Louisiana? But I also see it if you're outside counsel, the value you can go, hey, you can go to your, your clients, a corporate corporate legal team and say, we, we looked at this piece of litigation. Here's what we figured out. Here's what you should do. Here's how you should respond, right? Right. And, you know, as a, as a litigator, you know, your enemy is what you don't know, right? And so... The whole idea behind analytics is that it unlocks these insights in massive amounts of data that you can't know about manually. And so as a former litigator myself, as I said at, at the beginning, I have empathy for this fear of missing something, right? Um, sometimes we call it FOMO, um, slightly different thing for <laughs> litigators than, uh, than fear of missing out. Your fear of missing the, you know, the, the, key, the key case, the key insight, the key piece of testimony from an expert, something that happened that I need to know about that's important to my case, important to my success. And I, you know, I've missed it. And, you know, that's the monkey that's on the back of every litigator all the time. And so context is really trying to solve that problem when it comes to doing research around entities. So judges, experts, courts, companies, and attorneys. It's helping you know everything, as much as you can possibly know, based on the data that we have about those entities to make sure that, that you haven't missed something, that you know as much as you can know so that you can really make good decisions and win. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about attorneys. You just mentioned them. Let's see, you know, you got your lawsuit filed or you filed your answer, you know what court you're in, you looked at your judge. What does context offer up background-wise for attorneys. And this is the newest part of the, the application, right, is, is attorneys? That's right. So that's our most recently released module. And, um, and attorneys, you know, this is interesting because attorneys module helps you do three things, basically. Number one, it helps you know who you're litigating against. So you can see your opposing counsel's experience, their rate of success, and be able to kind of size them up, right? Know who you're against. The second thing that it does is it allows you to know how your opponent thinks. And this is really interesting, right? You know, often as we gain experience as attorneys, um, we come across some of the same litigators over and over again. And, you know, the extent to which that happens depends on the court that you're working in and the type of litigation that you do. But often over time, you get to know people on the other side or you work in a law firm where you can consult partners and others who are more experienced and they get to know people over time. 
but really you can't really know <laughs> how someone is going to think. You can know a lot about them based on their past practice and you can acquire this um, wisdom over a period of years. But actually knowing how someone else is going to argue the decisions that they're going to make, being able to know their precise language, that's an almost magical level of insight to my thinking. And that's one of the things that the attorney analytics does for you. So it looks at the language and legal strategies that a particular attorney has used in similar court cases to yours. And that allows you to predict their arguments and um, be able to use their own arguments against them if appropriate. And then the third thing that um, the context attorney analytics allows you to do as an in-house particularly is being able to hire the right attorney. So you can get a comprehensive background profile on them um, and data on their experience, plus how and why the attorney's cases were won or lost by looking at the arguments that they made. So really a big picture profile on the attorney or prospective outside counsel, as well as really looking at in detail at their work product and how they did. And I think I saw too, it, for attorneys, it breaks down kind of their caseload. Like if if you've got opposing counsel an IP case and you see they've got 100 employment law cases on their record, but no IP, it kind of shows you that, right? That's right. So you can see their experience in um, specific jurisdictions on certain topics. Um, you can see the outcomes that they tend to get on certain case types by looking at their jury verdicts. So um, people may not want to know the truth about their effectiveness. That's interesting. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, when we think about analytics, we're basically, we're peeling back that curtain on the data. So as someone who works with data, I like to tell people who are concerned about what it might show. Well, you know, the data might show me in a particular light or, you know, it might characterize my cases as a, as a judge or my decisions as a judge in a certain way. And my response to that is always, you know, we're agnostic. We don't have an agenda at Lexis when we create these tools. We're just making the data available and transparent. It's up to our customers, the attorneys, the judges, the inside and outside counsel who use these products to make decisions about how to use them and what they do with the data. But the data is the data and we work hard to make it as clean and as transparent as possible. So, you know, data is essentially truth or as close as we can come. It starts to get a little bit of a philosophical argument, <laughs> right? You know, because we're obtaining data from, uh, from public sources uh, for the most part, right? Um, or in the case of, of some data, like, uh, like news, legal news and jury verdicts, we are, we're summarizing and reporting upon primary sources. So we're getting pretty close. But you said it sits on top of the LexisNexis database of the voluminous information. Is this both federal information and state information? Yes. Tens of millions of uh, federal and state case law documents. You have federal and state dockets. Uh, jury verdicts and settlements across courts, same with briefs, pleadings, and motions. And then we also, um, in our company's module, we include company financials, we have expert witness documents. And then um, one thing that I think is interesting to think about, in addition to all this 
all these documents, right? You think about, you know, case documents and dockets and Lexis has aggregated, you know, petabytes of this kind of information. It's really at the core of what we do. But what we also do is we acquire publicly available data about entities, about judges, uh, or in this case, attorneys, experts, companies. And we aggregate that in um, what we call entity authorities. These are basically databases that include information about an individual. So let's say it's you, Chad Main. Um, so uh, publicly available information like where you work, where you went to school, what your experience was in the cases of an expert witness. It would include um, links to your uh, CVs, your, your curriculum vitae, other information. So we're also aggregating kind of key facts about a tremendous number of individuals. And then we we take that information and we connect it to the information that we extract from the documents. And so you have this really powerful network or graph that is what we traverse in order to serve up the analytics to our customers. We're going to step away from a conversation with Serena for just a couple minutes. When we come back, Serena explains why good arguments are one of a lawyer's most effective tools and how context can help craft the best argument for the case. She also explains how to use context to find the best expert witnesses. We're going to get back to my conversation about context with Serena Wellen in just a second. But before we do, I want to let you know that for every episode of Technical Legal, there's an episode page at tlpodcast.com with more information about our guests and links to some of the stuff we talk about. Also, if you want to subscribe, you can find us pretty much everywhere you get your podcast. And if you like us enough, I hope you leave us a nice review. All right, let's get back to my talk with Serena Wellen about the Context Analytics Platform. The fundamental tool of attorneys is language, specifically legal language. And so when you're thinking about what attorneys do, particularly litigators, they're creating and opposing arguments. And so kind of the, the fundamental material of attorneys and really understanding what they're going to do, say, or argue is looking at their arguments, looking at their work product. And so what attorney analytics does is it extracts the attorney, it finds the arguments, it classifies what they're about and what motions they're from, and then it connects all of that together. So that's using our language analytics technology. Is the functionality such where I've got opposing counsel on there, let's just say it's a restrictive covenant case, Am I able to search in there for attorney Jane Doe and the argument being lack of consideration to support the restrictive covenant? Can I dial in that specifically for my opposing counsel, Jane Doe? Yes. So you can search on the attorney and then using uh, basically filters and search within functionality, you can get very specific um, about what you're looking for in terms of Jane Doe's arguments. And, you know, one of the things that I think is interesting to think about is what do we mean by arguments? So remember, we were talking, we got a little bit philosophical about data and truth. You know, when you're working with technology and data, particularly um, when you're working on data science products like Context uses natural language processing, entity recognition, machine learning, you know, these are data science tools. And when you're using data science tools, you have to think a lot about these kind of definitional questions. And so what are arguments? In the case of a machine, when you're trying to teach a machine what an argument is, an argument is, you know, a statement made to prove or disprove a claim 
to get a request granted, ask for a favorable outcome on an issue, uh, win a case, that kind of thing. And so with the machine, when we create the models, we train the machine to look for claims or statements and the legal support for those claims or statements, and then the factual analysis. Those three things together are an argument, at least as far as teaching a machine. So machine has to have very black and white definitions for what something is in order to go and look for it. And so what context does is it uses that language analytics technology to find and extract the arguments within the text surrounding citations in briefs, pleadings, and motions. So it's looking at briefs, it's looking at citations, and then there's blocks of text around the citations. Those are really what I think of as the meaty, the meaty bits, if you will, in the briefs. And our models go into those meaty bites and, uh, and they look for um, certain syntactic signals in the text that indicate argumentation. Then they, they take those pieces of text and they classify them according to the topic that they're about, the motion that they're associated with, and a variety of other metadata. And that's basically how it works, how we put it together, how we find arguments and then allow the customer to be able to find what they need about the particular argument. You just mentioned it too, this entity database. And one of the entities you mentioned was experts. You give experts a scorecard. And then I think I also saw, I, I did see, it shows which side hires the experts most often. Where do you get this information? Because I mean, obviously it's going to be in certain documents, but you might have to dig for it a little bit more than you would at the judge that authored the opinion or the attorney that argued the motion or wrote the brief. Where do you get this information about experts? So it comes from those same content sets that I just mentioned. So from case law, from jury verdicts, dockets, and expert witness materials. In the case of uh, the expert witness analytics module in context, you're able to see how an expert tends to do using our jury verdict collection. So we have outcomes in jury verdicts for experts. And so we're able to show you in the cases in which that expert testified, what is the outcome of that case? What happened? And so that's their kind of scorecard. We're also able to show you whether, some, uh, whether an expert tends to testify for defense or plaintiff and what topics they tend to testify on in terms of the causes of action in the cases. But I think the thing that is so kind of extraordinary about expert witness analytics in, in the context product is that you can look at and find the specific reason that a judge admitted or excluded an expert's testimony. When expert testimony is offered in a case, it can be challenged and it can be challenged for a variety of reasons. Either the expert him or herself is not qualified or they're not qualified to testify on that specific subject, or the opinion itself needs to be excluded for a variety of reasons, doesn't meet the Daubert standard. So in expert witness analytics, we basically present in a graph the case that the expert testified in and whether or not the testimony was challenged and what the outcome of that challenge was. And then we link you to that case law document discusses the, oh. uh, the expert witnesses testimony itself. So it's really kind of rounding the circle. And you can imagine that if you're researching an expert and you're trying to find all the cases that they testified in and then look up 
all the outcomes and where they were challenged and then what they were challenged for <laughs> um, and what the outcome was, you know, that would be a tremendous labor. And in fact, there are, you know, businesses that, you know, they built a business about around doing this kind of expert witness research because expert testimony is so critical, so central in the cases in which those experts are brought in. So your product liability cases, medical device cases, all kinds of personal injury, complex litigation, experts are central. And so if your expert or the opposing side's expert has been challenged before, you need to know that. Going back to that fear of, of missing something, you have to know that. And that's what you can super easily do. I mean, in a matter of um, seconds, you can see that information in context. You've already alluded to it. It cuts down on the due diligence and the expert witnesses on both sides. You know, obviously you need to figure out your opponent's expert, where they've been challenged, what's happened, their resume. But even on the front end, there might even be more value because you can figure out who you should hire. There's a lot of value to that. So that actually leads me to question. Let's say you're going through the information and context and you find a case, let's just say it's a device or some sort of product liability, and you find a case that's almost spot on to yours. Can you then drill in and figure out who the expert was that carried the day on that and and find out their background there and their information? Yes. So in the expert witness module, within the case law documents, experts are identified. And that's how we're able to use, so remember that language analytics technology? Right. Um, case law documents contain all kinds of information that we're able to basically create models that train machines to find certain things. So in the case of expert witness, we're looking for expert names, and challenge language and outcome language. So we're able to, to find those things and extract it. And what context does is it surfaces that specific document so that you don't have to you know, go hunting around for it. Once you're in there, once you're in the case law document, you can see exactly the entire context for what the, uh, what the case was about, what the opinion was, what the expert was challenged on, how it turned out using the analytics function in the expert witness module allows you to do that incredibly quickly. So, you know, if you were a, um, you know, a really diligent person and had tons of time to work on your case, you could spend several days, maybe, you know, a week or so researching an expert, collecting all of the documents off of the internet and various other sites, public records requests, all that kind of stuff. You could collect all these documents, you could read them all. And so you could find these things that way. But that is not a sustainable business model for our customers, right? Right. No one wants to pay for that. The clients don't want to pay for that. That's right. And so the choice yeah. had been, you could hire an outside vendor to do that. And there are businesses that do that. Or now you can use context and get those insights in seconds. That leads me to another question too is, is this subscription-based? Is it an add-on to, to Alexa subscription? How does one get context for their law firm or law department? Right, so context is a subscription product and it is an add-on. Well, put it this way, you need an underlying subscription to Lexus to be able to leverage all of that rich content that I talked about earlier. That content sits on the Lexus platform. 
And so you need to have access to Lexis to be able to use context. Uh, got it. Speaking of all that, all that information you have access to, it's, it's so interesting to me. It may, just a little bit, just for a second, when I was reading about this stuff, it made me want to litigate again, but just for a second, I, it, and then I, <laughs> it, that quickly went away. But there is a lot of information. You've got vast resources in the LexisNexis database. So when you have a new customer, new context customer, where should they start? Because it seems to me it could be overwhelming. What's the first thing you have them do or the first task or first, first trick that you, that you suggest they, they embark on? I know that there are attorneys and other customers out there who are maybe not so comfortable with technology and maybe the idea of, of using even just, you know, a new software program is um, it's intimidating. It feels like it's going to be time consuming. You know, we well understand the barriers <laughs> to, to doing something new, to adopting a new piece of technology into your workflow. And so with context, what I would say is we've designed context with lawyers in mind. So going back to that empathy that I talked about earlier, when we design context, we really take a serious look at what our customers are trying to do, looking at the attorney's workflow, the librarian's, the paralegal's workflow. What is it they're trying to accomplish or what job are they trying to do? And we spend a lot of time with them trying to understand that. And then we translate that into a basically areas in the workflow that can be automated. And so when I talked a little while ago about this, you could do this really manual process with expert research where you're going, where you're pulling and going through every document. Or in the case of attorneys, if you're trying to, to research an attorney, you could pull every document that mentions an attorney and go through it and try to connect their cases to the outcomes, the motions to the arguments. And, you know, through a tremendously labor-intensive process, arrive at what you need. So we've looked at the workflow and we found basically the areas of pain, those really manual, labor-intensive, and I would note exhausting points in the workflow that our customers are trying to, to achieve. And so when, when we automate those, we're keeping the attorney in mind. And so we're not trying to disrupt your workflow we're trying to make it better. We're trying to automate it. Context has been designed with that in mind. So, you know, when you get into context, I would say just jump in there and try to do what you normally would do if you were conducting a search. Search on the person, and then you will see how, how, how easy it is um, to get started because it's designed with you in mind. And we've spent a lot of time making it easy, straightforward, and trying to take what are the current painful parts of your workflow out. That's interesting. That's interesting. Serena, thanks for your time. People want to learn more about context. Where do you want them to go? I'd like them to go to um, our product pages on the internet. So if you look up Lexus and context, you'll find a really great product page that, that orients you um, quite quickly on uh, what context is and how you get access to it, what the value is. So that's all we have for today. I appreciate you listening. If you want to get a hold of me, 
You can find me on LinkedIn or email me at cmain at percipient.co. That's C-M-A-I-N at percipient.co. If you want to subscribe, you can find us on most major podcast platforms. If you like us enough, I hope you give us a favorable review. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, this has been Technically Legal.